I can be judgmental. Can you? Heck, I am judgmental. Oh, I'd nearly <laughs> forgotten. So I changed my laugh while you were gone. I hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone like that? <laughs> I don't know. It polled well in the focus groups. Well, who am I to argue with focus groups? I've started running focus groups on my personality while you were gone. She told me she loves me. Hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. This is the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, it's the latest, greatest interview candidate for this co-host position, Catherine Cogart. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, we, we really liked you in the first uh, hundred and something times, and we just we wanted one more interview to be sure. Just like meet maybe a few more people, kind of see if the team likes you, that sort of Quick thing. Quick clarifying question. Who is the we in this situation? It's me. Uh, uh-huh. And frankly, I think that's enough. I am enough. I've worked through a lot of therapy to get here. <laughs> I am enough. Okay. We you are, are enough. enough. We are legion. That's what my therapist says. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, interview question for you. Okay. How many bottles of soju can you drink? Zero. Zero bottles. Uh, good answer. Well, it's an okay answer. <laughs> We haven't knocked you. So I bring this up because... I don't have any bottles of soju. Oh, so this was an ability question. I mean, more than yeah. a... I see what you're saying. You're like... I mean, I, you're right. I should have scoped it better. You really should have, yeah. Tim. You're a pretty terrible interviewer. Oh. Don't I know it. <laughs> um, okay. So if you were... Oh, any kind of tree. Just like a tree. This is an arborist job. Any kind of tree. Okay. Um, it's an arborist podcast job. Um, what kind of tree broadcaster would you be? Like an Oak Robert Siegel or like maybe a Palm Terry Gross or, a, you know, a, a Shrubbery Mike and the Mad Dog. Okay. Shrubberies aren't trees, though. Oh, they're woody. You're being very difficult. I'm sorry. I just the specificity. We really liked you, narrative. and I'm I'm just gonna feel really bad if if this is the thing that breaks it is the tree broadcaster question. Uh, <laughs> I think I would be like a like a birch Ira Glass. <laughs> you know, he, he really is birch, isn't he? I don't know why. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe if shrubbery is one, then I could be like. Uh, I don't know, like a bamboo Jesse Thorne. A bamboo Jesse Thorne. That's interesting. Yeah. Does sound very cool. Yeah. Talk about the sound of Young America, the uh, bamboo. That's what Young America is into. You mean bullseye? What is the sound of Young America? I've never heard of it. (laughs) So I I asked you the soju question uh, rather pointedly because this week we're talking about soju. And even more pointedly so, even more sharp was the end of the point of that question because this is... (laughs) You'll be fine. I'm sorry. Did I disrupt your train of thought? Don't be a wuss. (laughs) Uh, this is a actual question that a Korean friend of mine has been asked multiple times in job interviews in Korea. How many bottles of soju can you drink? Oh, seriously? You kind of buried the lead there. Yeah, imagine that. 
I don't know. I see a shovel in your hand. That's all I'm saying. I feel like this was maybe a team lead burying effort. Uh, if I had a shovel in your hand, in my hand right now, yeah. I would clonk you over the head with it and put you into this hole we've dug together. <laughs> and so start sweet. burying you. <laughs> and then walk away and never speak of this again. Do you remember that time you and I took that long hike and it took us all day and we got a little lost on the trail? But, you know, towards the end of the day, right at sunset, we got to the top and there was a great view and you said... Tim, if I had a shell in my hand, I'd hit you over the head with it and bury you here. <laughs> so so nice. you could die happy. <laughs> I'm thinking of you, Tim. <laughs> so the soju thing, right? So Oh right, yeah. Do, do you want the uh do you want the official advice on how to answer that question now or do you wanna uh, wait till the end of the episode? I would like the advice at the end of the episode. Great. So we're talking about soju today because uh, I recently was in Korea and uh, I had a lot of soju. And um, I just feel like it's, uh, it's more interesting than perhaps it seems. My experience with it until uh, going to Korea was mostly uh, people making cut-rate drinks. Just like terrible cocktails at places I didn't really want to be in the first place. Uh, right. And I wonder what your experience with soju has been until now. Uh, well, earlier today you texted me and said, do you want to do a podcast about shoju? So you'd never heard the word before. And I was like, what is that? And so I Googled it and a Wikipedia entry came up and I got a Wikipedia of information mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. And I was like, mm, didn't we do hard alcohol? And then you said, well, I'd really like to talk more about the drinking habits surrounding shoju. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But didn't you say, <laughs> I'm sorry, you look like you want to say something to me. How how are you doing with the pronunciation of of soju? Where where's this H coming from? Oh, I didn't. Well, wait. Let me let me look at your text. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. So we've got a blank slate on soju over here. Yeah. Well, so so it's, it's it's actually really interesting. So soju is immensely popular in Korea. You're right. There is no H. And also popular in a lot of Asia in general, but basically not had much in the U.S. Uh, but it is so popular in Asia that it still is one of the most consumed uh, alcoholic beverages in the world. And even more interesting, it appears to be, I'm piecing together some things here uh, and, you know, assembling my tinfoil hat. But uh, it appears to be part of uh, Korea's uh, plan to export its culture to the rest of the world. You know, like Gangnam Style. Same thing. Yeah, okay, but um, How? Uh, I guess by popularizing soju cocktails, and um, also Psy has a new single with Snoop Dogg about drinking soju, so there's that, I guess. Ah, um, oh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg will do anything these days. Yeah, it's true. Hell, if, Which... if they were like, hey, do you want to, like, just fly to Seoul and hang out with a famous guy and, like, I don't know, do some light raps? I'd be like, nah, sure, sounds good. Yeah, I guess I, I would also say yes to that as well if I were Snoop Dogg. Yeah. What else does he have going on? Mm, he was in the league, which is weird. That is weird. Uh, so, yeah, so that's Soju. Uh, and we'll be right back in a moment on the Dream to Fail podcast.
And we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast talking about soju, the drink that basically tastes like watered-down vodka. So I, I would guess you don't have uh, any idea what soju is, or did, did your reading of Wikipedia uh, give you enough to understand uh, what's in it? Uh, I, I know it's distilled, but what is the feedstock? Uh, I think traditionally it is rice, so basically sake uh, would be an okay way to think of it. Um, So they brew up rice. I think maybe the process is slightly different than traditional Japanese sake. but And then, yeah, then they distill it and... Yeah, because sake isn't distilled, right? That's right. Uh, I mean, that's why it's rice wine. Okay. Yeah. So if sake is to beer as vodka is to soju. Sake is to beer as vodka is to soju... Or the other uh, way around. I don't know. I feel like that analogy is all over the place. Because um, you don't make, well. So you should... make beer yeah, and no, then you okay, distill yeah. it to make vodka. I mean, that's oversimplifying things, but that's kind of what happens. Yes. Fair enough. I- I'll give you that one. Fair enough. Um, I think with vodka, they just kind of like brew up whatever. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, um, like barley and you doing Using the same but... grains. Yeah. That. Beer does. Yeah. Why Hence why waste the, vodka, the money on hops and fancy barley and oats? Yeah, you just distill it back out. Yeah. So Yeah, and then but the the thing about soju though is that it's not uh a typical liquor is, you know, forty ish percent alcohol. And we talked about in our hard liquor episode about um that that seems to be the case just because if you distill a single pass of 10-ish percent alcohol, you get about 40%-ish alcohol. Okay. And so uh, I've never seen anyone confirm this, but it makes an awful lot of sense that, well, that's why most liquor is about 40%. Well, I mean, doesn't... Uh, I want to think that at least part of that is due to human consumption. And at what point is something going from diluted poison to actual poison? <laughs> uh, Well, yeah, but they have harder... I mean, you can get Everclear. That's just alcohol essentially i think it's 95 percent because you know you can't physically distill alcohol all the way to 100 percent. yeah that's true but people just don't like it okay okay what else and also i mean throughout the years we've always diluted our our hard liquor i mean you know people sip it sometimes but um you know there's always been various versions to make it more palatable or make it just you know cocktails essentially mm-hmm. so I don't know that 40% is na- is like the, the sweet spot for drinking. Okay, fair enough. In fact, so soju is actually around 20%. It can, it can be higher. I don't think there's like any kind of like special uh, rules around it. But uh, the sort of typical soju you get is around 20%. And it appears to be because they just water it back down. And they actually claim that that is an advantage of soju. Is that you can sort of just drink more of it uh, and, I don't know, have a longer evening without just being totally sloshed. You know, I mean, how many how many shots of vodka are you really going to get through without just giving up, throwing in the towel? I don't know. I guess that's only a question in a culture where it matters how many shots of vodka you have to get through. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so that's, that's uh, first off, how many shots of vodka could you get through, do you think? Because I, I don't know, like three, four, uh, mm. I don't know. I haven't tested this, but not a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think maybe... Maybe three if we spread it out over a long evening. <laughs> yeah, and that's no fun because then you're like, all right, take a shot of this like nearly flavorless liquid, and uh, now I'm gonna sit around for a while and just kind of be thirsty, and then uh, <laughs> maybe there's some pretzels. I don't know. That's gonna make things worse, Tim. Yeah, you're right. But I just gotta do something. Jeez, mm-hmm. just sitting here like an idiot. Don't have some in my hands. <laughs> 
Oh, you you didn't bring your knitting to the bar. <laughs> uh, I I could believe that you have done that. Have you ever brought knitting to the bar? I have not. Surprisingly, oh, really? why not? Why um, not? I I didn't want to get beer on my knitting. Mm. What if it was like a uh, I don't know, like a English national team supporter scarf that you were knitting? Because I feel like that probably should smell like beer. Oh yeah, maybe maybe if I ever knit yeah. one of those, I'll be sure to bring it to the bar and watch Manchester United play. <laughs> Football things. Uh, good good work. Thank you. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, quick applause break. Okay, they're still applauding. Hang on. All right, this is getting ridiculous. And okay, thank you. Thanks, thanks everybody. Uh, I'm sure Catherine appreciated that one. Uh, <laughs> so the thing about soju, though, is that it's it's notably less, and that actually becomes extremely important because uh, the culture of drinking in Korea that I experienced and also that I've read about is uh, it's a lot of drinking, um, like just shots and shots of soju. Interesting. Now, that's interesting to me, but please go on. Well, it appears that the primary uh, alcohols, I think it, it, it kind of sounded like there were maybe some other things are getting more popular, whiskey or whatever, um, you know, some sort of craft beers are creeping their way in. But for the most mm -hmm. part, the things that uh, were around were uh, sort of these like really light beers, um, you know, something like a Budweiser or, uh, I don't know, a Coors. Maybe a Carlsberg, you know, like a light lager kind of thing. Mm -hmm, uh, fairly mm -hmm. low alcohol, not a lot of flavor, but fizzy and cold. And soju. And in fact, the soju was so cheap that it, it was just like, yeah, all right. Well, I guess we'll just always have soju because, I mean, it ran about for a 350 milliliter bottle, about a dollar. Oh, wow. Yeah. And remember, it's 20% alcohol, too. So... Uh, if you do the math based just on alcohol, that would be sort of like buying a bottle of wine for a dollar, alcohol-wise, again. Wow. Is that you doing your math over there? I thought I heard a calculator. Nope. No calculators over <laughs> here. Just blind trust. Okay. <laughs> Good work. So, uh, yeah, so it's real cheap, and then they've got these two kinds of beers, and uh, basically... The drinking seemed to progress along the lines of, all right, let's get a bunch of beers, let's get some soju, and then, and this is really nice, is that there's like this very strong uh, community aspect to it, where, okay, so I got the bottle of soju, and everyone gets a glass, like a little shot glass, and I'm going to go around and pour it for everybody, and they kind of hold out their cup, and then once everyone has some, then, you know, we all do a big cheers together, and we all drink the soju. And we may do something called a uh, somek, which is uh, in, in Korean, a uh, beer is a uh, mekchu, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's a portmanteau of soju and mekchu, somek. Okay. Um, and that is, uh, you, you put a shot of soju in with a bunch of this sort of like really light beer. And then for some reason, you pound it with a spoon. And <laughs> that makes everything go fizzy. And uh, that's kind of fun. And then you drink that. Aww. So that's, I mean, basically what you're drinking are those things. And it's all really cheap because, you know, it's cheap beer and really, really cheap alcohol, which is probably the greatest explanation for why soju is so very popular there. But the, like, actual way that you drink is like, all right, so, Catherine, if you and I went to a bar in Seattle and uh, we both wanted to get a drink, uh, how, how would you, I don't know, set, just tell me a story about you and I, we went to a bar in Seattle and uh, things progress normally. Yeah, I don't really know how to explain it because it's just like a normal visit to a bar. Okay. Like maybe, 
I get the first round, you get the second round. Maybe we have some wine for the first round. Sure. Maybe we have like a different glass of another vintage for the second round. Maybe by that time we're feeling crazy, we get a shot (laughs) of something, and then we're like, well, done, (sighs) good night. Yeah. Oh, no, I did a shot. Now I'm asleep. (laughs) Um. Yeah, and so we, we we would what would we be doing in in between you know we order our drinks right now what we have drinks in front of us what's wh- what are we doing we're chatting we're catching up yeah. you're telling me about your hopes and fears and dreams mm-hmm. I'm saying ah I think those are kind of stupid mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then and then you do the same for me uh-huh. stupid um, <laughs> well I don't have time for any of that instead I just sort of uh, Ah, we gotta like. Let me tell you a story about Korean baseball, um, which is a surprisingly good analog for Korean drinking. Okay. Uh, so I went to a Korean baseball game, and uh, first off, all their teams are named after the companies that sponsor them okay. slash own them. So uh, you know, instead of like the Detroit Tigers, it's the uh, like Samsung Eagles. I forget the actual name of Samsung's team, but they're all named after just large corporations. Okay. Um, which I still think is sort of amusing because it would just be like, what if it was, you know, the Walmart Red Sox? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah, I I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense for a country like Korea, where like it's just that? not that big, right? Mm-hmm. But baseball's like a big thing there, right? Yeah, yeah, they're really into it. So you want a lot of teams, but like I don't know, and who's going to pay for it? But big companies, and like I don't know. I think that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I mean, I think we just, we cover a lot of that with naming rights uh, for stadiums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and But I, th- I think somehow people would feel it crossed the line if we actually named the team after it. But yeah, it's, it's not terribly different. So I go to this game, right? And it was uh, the Doosan Bears uh, versus another team whose name I forget. And I forget because normally at a baseball game in America, you sort of just sit there, eat a hot dog, you know, drink a beer or whatever, chat with the person next to you. Yeah, I went to a Dodgers game recently, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, oh, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun because, I don't know, like, the L.A. Stadium is, like, has this gorgeous view, and it was sunset, mm. so I was just enjoying the view, and I was just catching up with a friend, and it was really relaxing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they weren't, like, amazing seats or anything, so it wasn't, like, I didn't really feel pressured to, like, keep track of the score <laughs> or look at the players at all. <laughs> No, a great line that Michael Chabon had in uh, his book, uh, Summerland, is that, uh, all right, a great paraphrase Michael Chabon had that I'm doing (laughs) is, um, uh, the trick is that baseball is nothing more than a complicated mechanism for passing a summer's day, which I've always liked because, yeah, it's just like, ah, this is nice. This is relaxing. You get to, like, cheer when you want to, Mm -hmm. but if you're, you know, you just want to, like, stare at the sky or chat with somebody, that's cool, too. Yeah, or you can do the wave. The wave is always fun. Mm-hmm. I always really like the cheers, and I hate the sports. Well, you would love Korean baseball because yes, the moment tell me. so so when the uh, when the other team is up to bat, you it's mm-hmm. it's sort of just like what we've been talking about. Um, eh, I mean, more or less, when your team is up to bat, it is nonstop cheering all the way through. Like <laughs> one cheer bleeds into the next, bleeds into the next, and there's this. There's well, there were four cheerleaders, like you know, straight up, you know, NFL style cheerleaders, and then there was this one guy dressed in like a baseball uniform, uh, who was just leading all of these cheers, and 
what's cool is that most Korean names are three syllables, mm-hmm. uh, in- including last name. And uh, so a lot of the cheers, the words are just the name of the guy who's at bat. <laughs> and it just all fits in. So, you know, um, I don't know. If we were to use your name and make it three syllables, so we say Catherine, you know, it would just be like, Catherine Home Run. Catherine Home Run. <laughs> and so, and, and they're just all like that. Tons of cheering. And there's, you know, like, by the end of the game, you, you, you understand most of them. There's, like, maybe 15 different variants he's got. And he's just, like, running the show with all these things. He's like a and, capo. Uh, what's a capo? A capo is at a soccer game, the person who faces away from the game and leads the cheer and says, like, now we're going to sing this song. Now we're going to sing this song. Now everybody on their feet because we're going to go do this now. Right. It's a, he's exactly like that. I mean, that's the gist of it. Although he appeared to be employed by the comp, by the sports team. So Yeah, yeah. That's the job I want. Cuz <laughs> I think you I think you can do it. It's part yeah. of your job to not watch the game. I don't know. I feel like you're a uh... You've, you've been so so much more understanding and interested in sports over these past 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and, and yet, you still uh, managed to work a fair bit of negativity in there as well. So that's, well, I'm a, it's good I, to see you haven't completely abandoned your... your... <laughs> I'm a black magician. Magician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a black magician of negativity. Uh-huh. I work it in, right. in, in the little nooks and crannies of my positive tone. Right. In the shadows, the penumbra of your positivity. Yeah. There lurks something far more sinister. It's negativity. So, Korean drinking <laughs> is fairly similar, in my experience, to uh, Korean baseball in that there's just kind of always something going on. And sometimes you forget that there's an even ga- a game happening because there's so much cheering. Awesome. I'll put a video I have of the cheering up with this post. But um, the... Drinking, very similar. There's just always a new game going. And a lot of times, the game isn't necessarily even a game. Like, you know, it's like, all right, uh, I'm going to drink, and then the guy left to me is going to drink, and the guy left to him, and we're going to go in a circle. Oh, it's like and a wave, but drinking. It's like a drinking wave, exactly. Or just like, <laughs> hey, what are we going to cheers to now? We got to cheers to a new thing. Or, you know, like any number of different ways to cheers. Or And it's so, like, uh, togetherness-oriented. It's just all like, all right, now we're doing it together. We're doing it again. Again. All right. Awesome. That sounds so stressful. For a while, there, some, some of the guys were playing. Okay, uh, you pour the glass for, you pick someone to pour the glass for, then you pour it to them, then they drink it, and then I'll give them a piece of this appetizer. That's the game. <laughs> so, yeah, and, but, but it's, it's still like, I guess it's just it feels more like there's something to do other than this sort of like free form, you know, let's sit at a bar. And so it's a lot of fun, but you also end up drinking a lot. So, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I I mean, I would prefer to sit at a bar and talk about hopes and dreams and fears. Mm. But I don't know. I'm a touchy-feely type of gal. And I really like to cut through the noise and get, <laughs> like, spend, like, these moments. Because it's really hard to find time with your friends, right? Because we're all sure. so busy. Because, yeah. I don't know, Americans are so individualistic. <laughs> it's like really hard to find time with your friends to like Wait, talk I'm sorry. To them. Is is the busyness of modern life due to the individualism of Americans? Um, I mean, I think the difficulty of like finding time with your friends is in part due to the individualism of Americans. Oh, you think so? Is it just like, well, we could hang out or I could sit alone. 
Go, Catherine. I mean, think about it. Like, why why don't you want to go out drinking with like your coworkers instead? Oh, I just I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to mm, hang out with those losers. Uh, I want to hang mm. out with the people that I like because I chose them because I think they're better than those losers. I uh, mean, look me in the look me in my avatar's eyes and tell me <laughs> that, that, that there's not an element of that in your feelings about going drinking with your coworkers. I I have some important apology emails to write to my coworkers right now. Um <laughs> So uh, I'm going to go do that, and we'll be right back in a moment on the Never Fail Podcast. And we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast talking about Sojo. So, on the subject of drinking with your coworkers, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't know. I guess the thing about it for me personally is that it's just like, eh, you know, you kind of have these, mm, I don't know, like a business relationship with them. Um, and because you're working with them, you don't necessarily. They don't have an interest in your hopes and dreams and vice versa. Not by default. And so it's hard to feel like it will be fun to go out there because you'll just have to come up with a bunch of things to say, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. But, like, why aren't they interested in that? Or, like, why why don't you feel a sense of community with them? And I attribute well, that to the individualism and individualistic nature of American society. When you and I record this podcast, you know, we talk about podcast things because basically we don't care about each other. Is that correct? No, I care about you. Oh, I have to rethink all of this. <laughs> well, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you are into something because so in Korea, the culture is very, very strongly. Hey, after work, we need to go out and drink as a team. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, you know, I, I spoke to people who were like, yeah, I don't want to go out drinking. But, uh, hey, you know, you kind of have to. Boss said so. So I'm going. And uh, I mean, it's so I mean, from an American's perspective, it's so nutty because uh, it's like I, I talked to one guy who was like, oh, I'm not feeling that great today. And he said, uh, I was, oh, well, why not? He's like, well, I was up till three drinking and then I had to go to work at like seven. And I was like, what? <laughs> and the only thing was it was a Saturday. Um, so I don't know. It was yeah, it was, it was just kind of a lot. But I guess that's, you know. Eh, not unheard of. Like it's you know for, pretty reasonable to go out on a weeknight and get like totally sloshed with your coworkers, because it helps to build that sense of teamness, mm -hmm. or at least so so goes the theory. Um, and maybe it is an opportunity to become invested in the hopes and dreams of your coworkers. Because I don't know. I mean, maybe it is just an individualism thing. But I just feel like, well, you know, I'm I work with these people to get something done. You know, not necessarily to uh, 
I don't know. Learn when it's, they learn you to You work tie with them to earn money. I mean, that's what it is. You work with them to earn mm-hmm. money, not necessarily even to get something done. Like, you're there to get something. You were hired to get something done, but you show up right. every day to get paid. Um, yeah. And, like, that relationship is very, very clear to both the employee and the employer in most right. cases. And I, well, so, yeah, no, no, I think that's, uh, that's probably, I think that's right on. Um, because I think the culture in, in Korea and I've heard in Japan as well, um, although, it, you know, this is what I've heard and what people say. They go, well, this is the culture here, but I, I'm not sure how, I don't know, how much the current generation is, is really invested in this idea. Mm-hmm. But the culture is generally that it's like, well, we don't just work here because we need to get paid. We, you know, this is a family company and we're building like a team and a family and we, you know, it will be good for business for us to become involved, you know, uh, with each other. Uh, or feel connected to each other. And I mean, maybe better, me going to like our, our hopes and dreams and fears and like needing to share that. Maybe that's me being an individualistic American because like I'm self-obsessed. Right. I need, to, I need to tell you like everything about my life and I need you to care about that. And that's the way I feel connected to someone rather than mm. just being able to share an evening with someone, passing the time in somewhere or another and then feeling closer to them in that way. Well, yeah. I mean, so have you ever have you ever had one of these like knockout, knockdown, drag out drinking sessions? I suspect you were not in uh, any sort of Greek life in college, <laughs> uh, but this is a, a place where you would have done that. Um. I maybe I mean I don't <laughs> sort of <laughs> I have um but I don't know it always ended with like somebody revealing and it was always with other Americans is the thing even if I was in another country I would be surrounded by other Americans and like so it would always devolve into like oh this is my thing with my girlfriend right now and me being mm. like dude here's the thing about you and your girlfriend from my perspective yeah yeah, no, no, no. I think that's that's totally reasonable. I mean, so, but that stuff came out because, you know, uh, you had a sense of camaraderie because you were both totally screwed together. Like, it yes. was like, oh, man, we are really drunk, aren't we? Yep, yeah. we sure are. Uh, yeah, exactly. By the way, I'm having some serious issues with my relationship with my father, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, so I think I think all these sort of like, you know... The hustle and jive of let's keep drinking, come on, a little more, a little more, especially with that like very strong community aspect of, you know, I mean, the rules are pretty clear and I got to slide through a lot of them because I was American and I don't really know anything. But like, you know, you, you don't pour your own glass. You, you, generally, you're supposed to pour to the oldest person first. Uh, supposedly, the young, youngest people are supposed to look away when they take a shot as like a show of respect. You know, like all these all this like high level of encoding or encoded rules, all that stuff helps you get to the point of being, well, we, we done screwed up, now we're really, really, really drunk, and uh, guess we're in this together. Because if you feel awkward or weird about getting there, when you're just sort of sitting there quietly to yourself, and it's, you know, 8 p.m., and uh, you're like, ah, would be nice to go home and read a book, I mean, you'll just never get to that state. And so it, it's like the whole thing is like a tool for getting there, don't you think? Yeah, no, I I think you're right. Yeah. And it was pretty fun, too. (laughs) Yeah, I could see how it's fun for a tourist, but, I mean, doing that night after night would be terrible. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, just hanging out with people. Especially if I'm like, I have laundry to do right now. Right. I have children. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, no, I did meet some people with children who had to do it too. No, no, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. It, just, you know, I, I'm not well versed enough in Korean culture to really say with any level of certainty, but just, you know, uh, people I talk to and I don't know, like some stories I've read, it, it sounds like eh, it's a pretty love hate relationship. And, you know, sometimes it verges more on the hate just because it's like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. You know, I asked people about like, well, how do you get anything done if you like went out drinking until 4 a.m. on Tuesday and now you need to go to work and yeah. they're just well we don't you know you just sort of sit there and you stare at your computer and sort of act like you're working but you don't really do anything because you just you're tired and hung over and it's awful so i mean i think there's there's something to that but i don't know i i, I just i i think it's also unfair to completely say it's a you know korean thing or an east asian only thing because we totally do that that's what fraternities do and also that's like it's not as fully enforced but there's definitely like a culture of like you know business people going out getting drunk together in this way yeah and i would say in fraternity life it's definitely fully enforced yeah i that's the sense i have although you know frankly i've never been to such a party i have not been either but i've spoken to frat brothers yeah and that's what they said about what it was like yeah and there's like stories about you know hazing and you can mm. either eat this giant costco size bag of cheerios or you can drink this bottle of vodka uh what would you do i don't know i guess i'd uh, uh mm. well i would quit just, i just i just really don't <laughs> like cheerios they're terrible and you had to do it without water oh come on or milk yeah see that's just dumb no, but it's horrible. Again, again, though, again, though, it's it it builds a community. I mean, these are these are uh, clever hacks for generating feelings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say what you want. I mean, what uh, when you need to pick me up? You know, what what kind of music do you put on? You put on a little Dido, a little. Uh, Di who puts uh, Dido for on for a pick me up? <laughs> I'm starting to feel a little insulted. At <laughs> Your feelings about my music choices. For a pick-me-up? Catherine, I will go down with this ship. Okay. I, uh, yeah, exactly. That's my point about why you shouldn't put Dino on for a pick-me-up. <laughs> no, she won't surrender. There will be no white flag upon this something-something. Uh, upon my door. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. That's not where people put flags. No. Uh, that's huh. why it won't be on her door. Um, right. I guess... <laughs> I mean, and I'm coming from like a really snobby place. Like I'm coming from a position where I don't really have a lot of close friends anymore because I have been way too picky about mm -hmm. who gets to be close buddies with me because I think I'm so right. great and awesome to talk to that you're not worthy. I mean, that's a terrible oh. way to move through your life, I've realized. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you end up like, you know, because everybody's busy all the time. You got to cultivate a lot of bunch of a bunch of people and... I don't know. It seems like there's got to be a happy medium between my super individualistic lifestyle and the forced camaraderie of fraternities and South Koreans. Right. I mean, you're probably right. Uh, maybe we should look into that. <laughs> okay. So do you want the answer to how many bottles of soju can you drink? Yes. So you should take however many bottles you think you can actually drink uh -huh. and divide by two. If you are a woman, you are allowed to say... Well, I can't really drink soju, but, you know, just beer. I have beer. And then they'll kind of let you slide with that. If you were a guy and you gave that answer, you would not be hired. Okay. There you go. 
This is what I've learned about uh, job interviews in South Korea as far as soju goes. The reason you have to cut it in half is because they're just going to try to push your limits anyway. Yeah. Okay. Mm, There you go. Great. So next time you apply. This has been really educational. (laughs) That was the goal. And that was the Doom to Fail podcast goal. And until next time, that's Catherine Kogart over here. Tim Dobbs right over here. We're all over here today. You know why? Because we're all together. We're all together drinking from this bottle of soju. Doing a two-person drinking wave. So much forced camaraderie inside this podcast. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.